following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, we've made it to the end of a long week. I am your fantasy football co-host, Kyle Ranney, joined again by my co-host, Gary Hall. Gary, how are you today? I am good. Uh, I actually don't know if it's a beautiful day out today, because if you're listening to this, I am asleep. Well, I mean, it's the only day, uh, oh, no, it's okay, as of recording, you know, it's supposed to rain t- today. Uh, but I mean, it rained most of the rest of the week here in shitty western New York, so add another one to it. Uh, guys, we are back again with some NFC East discussion this week. Uh, we are going to delve first into a little bit of news across the league. Starting with LaShawn, Shady McCoy is considering retirement, still open to possibly signing with another contender, uh, looking to go three straight Super Bowls in which he wouldn't have played a snap. However, he is openly considering retirement this time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, he... Did get the two Super Bowls after a, a very successful career. Yeah, so. I mean, that's what he really needed to put himself into the Hall of Fame contention. It's weird how it happened, but ultimately he's going to go into contention with saying, mm-hmm. yeah, I've got two rings. Didn't play in them. His stats prior to that backed up everything. Um, Richard Sherman was arrested this week. A uh, bit of a he said, she said mess, if we're being fair. At first, the only news that broke out was Richard Sherman arrested on domestic violence, Richard Sherman arrested on injuring people, and then it kind of got scaled back, and then the police report came out, and uh, it's, it's a little unclear in general of what happened. I don't think anybody really knows besides the people involved. Uh, hopefully all is well with Richard Sherman. Definitely uncharacteristic of him as the man that most people who are fans of the league have become to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Schefter believes that the Philadelphia Eagles are in on Deshaun Watson and are in the best position to be a team to go get him. An interesting bit of news, uh, obviously... The lawsuit's still swirling around Deshaun Watson, but the Philadelphia Eagles with Watson would be an interesting group there. You would think Hurts would be involved in that deal. Somehow. Hurts, a couple picks, a couple young players maybe. Hurts better be involved in that deal. (laughs) I'm a Hurts owner. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers backup quarterback, former uh, Washington starter, Dwayne Haskins' wife was arrested uh, for assault and domestic violence this past week, as well as she punched Haskins in the mouth, broke his tooth, and split his lip. Wow. In a hotel, no less. Uh, four teams have reached out to edge rusher Justin Houston regarding possibly signing him. Looks like he's coming back for yet another year. Uh, the Panthers are the only team to lock in one of the last franchise tag players before the Thursday freeze, in which players can no longer be extended, signing right tackle Taylor Moten. Four years, $72 million, $43 million guaranteed on that deal. That's a payday. That's a big payday, especially for being a right tackle. Uh, and Tom Brady had surgery on a torn MCL this offseason. Played through the back half of the year. Uh, doesn't matter if you like him or, or not, uh, you got to respect that. When yeah. he's Super Bowl on a torn MCL in his 40s. Especially since you really couldn't tell he was playing on a torn no. MCL. I mean, granted, he's not exactly the most 
mobile quarterback, but uh, but guys, we're doing what we did this past week again. We are starting off here with the NFC East teams. We're going to discuss the depth charts, the fantasy relevancy, and all of the above. Starting out, though, however, we will touch on the Dallas Cowboys. Gary, I mean, we're looking at this here. They've got four quarterbacks on the roster. Do we have to list any of them as really being fantasy relevant outside of Dak? No, I mean, we saw last year when Dak went down, it was just a struggle for and any it, quarterback. And it was a rotation. Yeah. It was Dalton. It was Gilbert. It was Danucci. If they, um, if they were smart, they'd probably want to go out and sign a veteran or maybe grab a younger guy and through a trade because if the Cowboys want to be competitive, they're going to have to have a quarterback. Not named Andy Dalton. Right. Um, no, I mean, Ben DiNucci had a nice game, the game he played, but it wasn't anything sustainable. phenomenal. Um, there's still going to be quarterbacks out there. There's going to be players that are going to hit the market. Dak, as is right now, pending injury, is going to walk in and be a top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who's going to get drafted in the top 60, deserves to be drafted in the top 60. I mean, for all sakes, he was on pace for almost 5,500 yards last year. Right. Um... The only fantasy relevance here is whoever's the number two quarterback in case Dak gets injured again. Obviously, something we don't want to hope for or even talk about because he was fun to watch last year. He made Dallas an interesting team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we have to touch on any quarterbacks really outside of Dak. Running backs. This is where uh, this is where it get a little goofy here. Um, six on the roster. I think anyone from Rico Doddle down to Siwoo yeah. uh don't have to really be discussed here. Uh, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, I think, is a high-end backup running back. Yeah, and, and a high-end handcuff. Uh, could be a positive. Like if Zeke plays the way he did last year, Tony Pollard is going to steal a lot of carries. Yeah, not even just steal. He he was taking receptions. Um, you gotta think. You gotta think Zeke knows he's on the hot seat. Zeke needs to come out and be a top ten running back that he once was. That doesn't mean it's achievable. Right, I mean, we know what type of player he hit, he is and can be, um, but if he plays any any the way like he did last year, it's just you you think he's going to be on a decline. Yeah, it's, it's two seasons in a row that you're underperforming at your position. Tony Pollard to me is a borderline running back three. Uh, he's a guy who I'd probably listen in top thirty six, especially in the worst case scenario with Zeke. Uh, Zeke still has all the reason to be drafted as a top ten running back. But tamper expectations and understand that there is a chance for that to go rogue mm-hmm. for your teams. Uh, and I don't know who Rico Doddle is, uh, nor do I know who Jaquan Hardy or <laughs> Brennan Knox are. I think Brennan Knox actually is the kid from Marshall that we actually liked a little bit. Might be. Um, but nothing major after Zeke and Pollard here. Wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Simi Fihoko. Those are the four guys I'd target. I don't know if I'd have to draft Simi Fihoko right away. Right. But Dallas likes to spread that ball around, and they've been missing the big-bodied guy. Michael Gallup's 6'2", and has never played as the stretch receiver. Simi Fihoko, if I'm not mistaken, is like 6'4". Uh, he had a solid college career. I wouldn't be shocked to see him be a break-onto-the-scene kind of guy. I've taken him in both of my dynasty drafts. I mean, it's... Uh, tough to take a Dallas receiver because it just depends on who's going to be hot that week. It does, but at the same time also, um, Amari Cooper is struggling to come back from his leg injury last year. Mm-hmm. So Cooper's not on 
Cooper's on a pace to not start training camp on the PUP list. Uh, CeeDee Lamb still hasn't been seen. Can he take the next step and be the number one? Mm. Can he be whatever he wanted Amari Cooper to be as a top 10 fantasy receiver? Um, Michael Gallup, to me, has always been disappointing. I feel like people overdraft him every year for three 22-point games and Mm. then a bunch of single-digit games. Um, So I feel like this is a very underwhelming group in terms of where you end up drafting them and in terms of what they get you in fantasy relevancy. Yeah, I mean, um, you could... You could take any one of the C.D. Lamb, Omari Cooper as like a wide receiver one, but I'd also personally would want somebody I know who's more consistent. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll get to where I'd, I'd almost rather draft them in a minute, but yeah, I'm definitely not in agreement to where pro football focus thinks they should be. Uh, tight end here, Dalton Schultz, Jeremy Sprinkle, Blake Jarwin. Um, I'd almost rotate that group completely. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Sprinkle, I think, has the option to win that tight end job. He was highly touted out of Washington and kind of lost the job to a flash in the pan in Logan Thomas last year. Right, right. I mean, uh, like, there's nothing in that tight end room that says one of these guys has it. So that that room's kind of wide open. And I think Cowboys fans want to think that Blake Jarwin has it, but Blake Jarwin Jarwin has not actually technically given anybody the, the correct reason to think that he is the guy who has it. He's had a couple big games. He has. But he's also had a lot of stinkers. Uh, so reviewing Dallas, Dak Prescott's the only one to worry about. Yes, he's a top five back or quarterback. Don't care about the injury. Zeke should be drafted as a top ten. Hamper your expectations though. Tony Pollard should be drafted well above where he's listed here, being forty-four. That would actually put him as like a running back four. I'd look at him as a running back three with higher potential. If he ends up taking the job or something happens to Zeke. He could be a running back two for you mm-hmm. down the stretch. Um, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, listed as 14 and 15. That's a high-end wide receiver two. I'd rather list them as 23-24, my low-end wide receiver two. I'm not disputing the talent, but I don't want to pay that high on guys who I don't know who the true number one is going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Michael Gallup here is still listed as a wide receiver four. Probably rather have him in my roster as a wide receiver five, just mm-hmm. so I don't have to... If I take Gallup at a four, that's telling me that at some point I'm gonna have to probably start him as a as a flex spot, and I don't want that. Yeah, um, I mean, like we said earlier, it, it's gonna be depending on who's hot and the matchups that's in that stuff. For yeah, any of these three receivers. So and then Simi Fihoko, uh, a dart and a flyer, put him on your watch list. He could end up doing something down the line, but I don't mm-hmm. think immediately. And then tight ends, I don't think I need to touch any of those guys. Out of the gates. Maybe right. a waiver wire if someone gets hot, but yep. that's about it. Uh, next on our list is going to be the the New York Giants. I completely forgot that it's not the Madden rotation, and I was expecting it to be the Eagles because they start with an E. Um, the New York Giants. Quarterback room, Clayton Thorson. Mike Glennon and Daniel Jones. I don't think you got to worry about any of them, honestly. No, I mean... Daniel Jones is maybe a like a backup. A backup, maybe. Um, it, I don't see him coming out and having like a flashy year. Um, to me, he's hit his ceiling. So, you know, I, I just realized this looking at this roster. Everybody gave... Everybody clowned... Everybody clowned Chicago last year for having 11 tight ends on their roster, mm-hmm. and yet here's the New York Giants with 11 running backs on their roster. I mean, they saw what happened when Saquon went down. Yeah, so. but I I mean, 
Saquon goes down, you're hoping for Sandro Platzgummer and Taquan Mizzle and Cullen Gillespie. Um, Alfred Morris is still around. Corey Clement, Dion Lewis. Gary Brightwell was a, was a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Brightwell Armstead could end up taking the number two job. Um, he was well-regarded last year, and he had COVID all year. Right. Uh, and Devontae Booker. I don't want anything to do with Devontae Booker. You hate Devontae Booker. I had, I had to pick him up for um, after Brandon Jacobs got hurt. Or Brandon so, Jacobs, Jacobs got hurt. So I really wanted to have hope in Saquon as well. Uh, although I'm seeing rumors lately that Saquon's knee is not recovering properly. That is not good news. Saquon is not on track to not start training camp on the PUP. And that's coming off of a torn ACL from week two of the season. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not good news to hear, especially... Considering he's a top five pick. Correct. Um, wide receivers, this is where we get really goofy. Again, a guy that you and I were huge fans of apparently stumbling down the list here from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. But Kenny Galladay's your number one. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony, John Ross. Um, any of those five could have fantasy relevancy. Right. John Ross showed flashes and flashes in Cincy and just never put his career together. Darius Slayton, the same thing two years ago, showed flashes. He's lightning fast. I think he had a three-touchdown game one week. Mm-hmm. I called that. That was before I was officially podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, Sterling Shepard is the same thing to me as Michael Gallup is. Mm-hmm. Nothing flashy. He's not going to do anything sexy, but he's going to be a 12 to 14-point producer every week. If they if they use Tony properly, they'll have him lining up all over the place. So that's the thing. That's why he might be listed as wide receiver four. No. They said, and I've heard this from three different outlets now, that Kadarius Tony's going to be brought along slowly and not leading on to start the year. So for both of my fantasy leagues where I have him, that's not the word I want to hear. No. I mean, unless he's just not getting the playbook, it could be one of those things. But a talented player that if they get him on the field, he can make plays. Yeah, uh, but we'll see what they think offensively in the offseason. As of now, they're calling him uh, a slow learner. And Kenny Galladay is really the one that makes me want to vomit in my mouth a little. Uh, I relate on him way too heavily last year with the bad offense in Detroit. And the, the funny thing is, when he was healthy, mm-hmm. rarely did he score under 20 points. I think the lowest he went was 17 or 18 points in a week in the four games mm-hmm. he played. He almost had 80 points in four games. But he played four games. Like, that's, that's yeah. the factor. If he's back and healthy... If he's clicking with Daniel Jones, yes, I think he still keeps the wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. He was he was on pace and drafted as wide receiver six last year. Yeah, he was a, he was a top half wide receiver one, and then just went to flames. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Galladay is a whole other headache. The tight end room, Evan Ingram. I know you and I both are not very high on him. Not very high. Um, I mean, Kyle Rudolph end up could end up getting more snaps. I think they run a two tight end set, but Kai Rudolph kind of got washed in Minnesota. Yeah, you gotta hope he does something here in New York, uh, but I don't know what what that signing actually was. I don't know. It could just be a depth signing, or if they're running the two tight end sets, it's just to get somebody on the field who's got experience. Oh, uh, so recapping the Giants. So Daniel Jones maybe a a quarterback two as a backup quarterback. Saquon still should be drafted unless things happen between now, July 15th, and week three of the preseason. Saquon should be drafted as a top five running back. Right, as long as, you, like you said, nothing Healthy. happens. Healthy. 
however, I would I think I'd have to say at this point, keep an eye on that running back battle for the running back two spot. And if you're drafting Saquon, make sure you've got his backup. Mm-hmm. Um, wide receivers, Kenny Galladay should still be a wide receiver two high end. Shepard and Slayton both should be drafted around your wide receiver four or five. Um, Kadarius Tony, someone you're gonna have to watch and get a feel yeah. on his stock. I wouldn't. I maybe waiver wire him. Yeah, he's gonna end up being kind of like Brandon Ayuk was to you last year. Yeah, I think people and the thing of it is where he won't be like Ayuk because people got sick of Ayuk after drafting him early. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tony's gonna have the same buzz in training camp as no, Ayuk did. I don't think so. Um, Evan Ingram. It's funny how much of a fall from Grace Evan Ingram was because Evan Ingram at one point in time was the clear-cut tight end four, and he's tight end 16 now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Evan Ingram's maybe a dartboard pick mm-hmm. if you need if you are someone who believes in backup tight ends. Somehow he did make a Pro Bowl. Yeah, that made no sense, especially over Robert Tunyon. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Jamie Newman's not on the roster anymore, so he's immediately off. Nick Mullins, Joe Flacco, Jalen Hurts. This has Hertz listed as a top ten fantasy quarterback. I know you're hopeful of that, right? Hopeful, but I, I still think he's growing. So I don't know if I see him as a top ten guy. Right I now. think I've got Jalen Hurts as being. See, the the thing that makes me bummed about this is Jalen Hurts has the breakout potential where he can mm-hmm. end up being exactly like Lamar was two years ago. Yep. He he came in at the back half of the year before. He got a taste of NFL defenses. NFL defenses didn't really get a taste of him. There's still not a lot of tape on him. Hertz can come out, use his wheels. Hopefully that line holds up better. Mm-hmm. And Hertz is going to look good. But that doesn't mean it's a sustainable good. Um, I don't think I hate Jalen Hurts this year. But I don't think I want Jalen Hurts as a top 12. I think I want him as my first backup option. Right. And I, I drafted him in my... Uh, as your third or fourth... Dynasty, yeah. As your third or fourth rookie pick. Mm-hmm. Which makes you look like a genius now. But it's not like you gave up your left nut, your right nut, and the centerpiece there just to get him. Right. Uh, Running backs. This is another fall from grace, man. Miles Sanders is listed as the 20th best running back. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, 55. Carrion Johnson, 52. Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Jason Huntley on that roster. Mm -hmm. If you have Sanders, make sure you have Gainwell. I traded Sanders for that exact reason in a lot of leagues. Um Miles Sanders is dynamic, but I don't trust Philadelphia that they know what they want to do with their offense. Yeah, I, th- I think they drafted Gainwell especially to... Be a receiving back. Yep. We liked Gainwell out of Memphis. We think the talent is there. Um, Miles Sanders couldn't stay healthy, didn't have a line in front of him, and had an inconsistent offense. I've had everybody... Call, re- everybody reach out to me. I had I had double shares of Miles Sanders in my fran- in my fantasy or in my uh, dynasty leagues. Mm-hmm. I had two people reach out and offer to trade, and I traded him in both scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I felt like I won a little bit better than the other, but to each their own. Uh, but yeah, I, I think 20 is about right on that. I don't trust the line to hold yeah. up and let him run. Wide receivers, Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward... Quez Watkins, J.J. Uh, Arcega, Whiteside, and John Hightower. See, this this is a nauseating... Outside of the first two, I don't really want anything to do with... Outside of the Fulham. first one, 
I don't necessarily even want Jalen Rager. He didn't pop as a rookie. No, but they said they're moving him into the slot, so he might have a little more success there. I, you got to hope, because Philly looks very bad after drafting Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Right. Um, I mean, if they're going to put Devonta Smith out on the, the one... So I will say this. I've seen a lot of news on Devonta Smith that has said he's looked good in camp so yes. far. Um... It might go Devonta Smith at the one, maybe Fulgram at the two, and then Jalen Rager inside. That's what I would think. So oddball here. So I'm, I'm going to step right away from wide receiver because it somewhat pertains to so I'm going right to tight end here. Uh, I've also seen rumors that Philadelphia is going to treat and utilize Dallas Godert as their wide receiver one this mm-hmm. year. Godert being listed as a seventh, eighth option should probably slide into a potential top five tight end pick. Um, I like him a lot as a late tight end acquisition where mm-hmm. I don't have to go and get. I can get him after Noah Font and Jared, I mean, maybe right. not Jared Cook this year, but guys like that because, like, everyone's going to go Will Zacherts fell off. Yeah, Will Zacherts is also almost 32. Yes. Um, I like Godert's upset a lot, though. And if he's going to be the wide receiver one, technically, mm-hmm. it's going to benefit the guys around him. Uh, but for Philadelphia, Gary, uh, what's, your, what's your verdict on Hurts? Um, worth the first the first pick quarterback or try to snag him as your number two? Uh, I would snag him as a number two. If you can grab, because he's going to be, I think he's going to be solid, but I don't think he's going to be that top ten quarterback that they're listing him as. Um, obviously, because I own him already, I'd like him to be, but I think um, you, you should probably get a little bit more stability. I'd agree. Um, I think that's exactly where, I, where I'm feeling on that as well. I think if I'm going to grab Jalen Hurts in a league, if I want to... If you get a guy like Dak or Matt Stafford, uh, go for it. Number two all day. Yeah, if, if you've got a guy who you know you can trust with eight of your 13 starts, mm-hmm. yes, then you can take the flyer on Jalen Hurts and try to play matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would agree, I don't think he's a top 10 yet. I think you're looking at someone you want to take the flyer as being 13-14, a top-end tight or quarterback two. Uh, Miles Sanders, if I'm getting him as my running back three, I think I'm intrigued. I don't think I want to trust him as being a guy I have to start every week. Kenneth Gainwell is a guy who I'm drafting as a handcuff, as a or... handcuff or as a stolen handcuff, especially because of his receiving options, but I don't think I need... I don't think I need him. I think if I can get him, though, and like I'm in the back half of my draft and he's available, he'll see action. Devonta Smith will be drafted for a reason. I think I'm comfortable with where he is, being that he's still probably going to be the wide receiver one technically there. If I'm getting him as my fourth receiver, I think that's fair. Um, I need him to be a good a good pick. You I, did jump took, up and grab him. Took him in my uh, dynasty. Uh, Jalen Rager at 56. Uh, I guess if I'm getting Jaylen Rager and he's my my wide receiver five, I'm comfortable with it. But I also don't need him. I think that's just going to be a dartboard throw right, at that I don't, point. If I if you have to take him, he's the best player on the board. Then maybe. But if I can avoid him, I'm going to. Agreed. Uh, and then Dallas Goder, I think I'm putting higher than his seven pick. I don't want anything to do with uh, Zach Ertz and Richard Rodgers. Somehow still gets signed on to Philadelphia every year. Uh, and the last team on the playbooks here, the Washington football team. Yes, Frank, I said football team. Stop it. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, and Steve Mont- Steven Montez. Uh, it's starting to look more and more 
like Fitz is going to probably have that job there. I know you've been saying that the whole offseason. I've been hopeful in Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. Um, Fitz is the ugly... He gets it done. Fitz is the ugly duckling. You never want to pick him. It's not the sexy pick, but chances are he's going to hang a couple 30-point fantasy games. Right. He always does. Um, and I think he's got just a, as talented, if not more, more talented, talented than he's had. And he's facing an easier schedule. Right. Um, it's one of those goofy things. I don't. I don't necessarily love it. I don't necessarily need it. But I wouldn't be against taking Fitz and putting him in a role. This is where I get sick, though. Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Peyton Barber, Jarrett Patterson. First and foremost, there's a chance that Patterson slides all the way up to being the number two running back there. Could be. Antonio Gibson was given the role and only really taken out on third downs for McKissick to flourish. Yep. I don't think I want Antonio Gibson as a number one running back. No, I, I don't even know if I want McKissick as number two running back. I know. If you, like you said, it's one of those number, It's like we talked about earlier, it's one of those if you got one, you need the other. Yes, and I think, unfortunately, Antonio Gibson's the class act overreaction to last year's stats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had an okay year. He had a good year. He, he took a lot of teams to the playoff run because people got him or on free agency or late. Um, but the fact of it being, I think... If you're going to draft him based off of the fact that he produced in a role where nobody else was there, you're sorely lacking. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the end-all, be-all. I think, yes, he's a talented flex player. He can do it all. He's a good receiver. He was a receiver in college. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I think he needs to be drafted as the 11th best running back as, as right. listed. Um, J.D. McKissick, number 53, that to me tells me he's my wide receiver four. Uh, and I was starting him in the playoffs last year as a hell of a PPR flex play. Obviously, mm-hmm. PPR leagues, he gets a little bit more of a bump. I'm comfortable, though, with J.D. McKissick being drafted as my wide, as my running back four. Very comfortable with that. Yeah. Uh, and Jared Patterson kind of off this board here. Watch that more in camp, but he looks like he's been very good. I think Patterson has to have eyes on him in fantasy, pending how well he runs in preseason. Uh, my favorite position group. Terry McLaren and Curtis Samuel, number nine, number 38. I love both of these guys. I would actually consider Terry a top top 12 wide receiver, a guy who's going to be a starting, producing top wide receiver one this year. Yeah, um, and I especially like the pairing with Fitzpatrick. He usually gets it to his playmaker. So. Mm-hmm. And that's where I like Curtis Samuel, I think, just as much as Samuel mm-hmm. doesn't have to run the crazy long routes. Mm-hmm. And McLaren doesn't either. McLaren can win those routes, but McLaren also can be utilized all over the field. Right. And then Terry's going to pull double coverage. Curtis Samuel's the gadget guy. And then they got the dirt burner over the top and Diami Brown. Yep. Uh, Diami Brown, I think, is going to end up being a viable fantasy option by the end of the year. I actually do think all three of the receivers are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we saw what Fitz was able to do with Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. I, I truthfully truthfully will sit here and stay. I I want in on one of these two top Washington yep. rec- receivers. Mm-hmm. I am if I can't get McLaren, and if I can get McLaren, I'm hopeful I'm getting McLaren as my second receiver. Yeah. Um because if that and I'm gonna spoil this right here. If I can get my my way, I'm gonna go running back. 
receiver, receiver, receiver. I don't know who my number one receiver is, but I'm going to hope to go McLaren and Ayuk. Yeah. Two and three, because they both have cakewalk schedules, mm-hmm. and I think they're both going to make the best of it. I, th- I think all three, I think I think Ayuk can end up being a top 15 receiver this year. Yeah, exactly. I think McLaren can be a top seven receiver this year. Um, But yeah, I, I can't gush. It, and it's weird because like, Steven Sims, Antonio Gandy, Golden, Adam Humphreys, Calvin Harmon, and Chris and Cam or er, and Cam Sims, all some talent there, and they're gonna be fighting for starting roster spots to get that fourth spot. Uh, tight end wise, Logan Thomas comes in at number ten. Ricky Seals Jones, John Bates. John Bates was drafted. I don't think I'm jumping on him yet. No, I think Logan Thomas can put together the same type of production. Yep. Fitz likes his tight ends. Um, Fitz might be familiar with Logan Thomas. I don't know if they played together. I don't think they did. No. I think they were a couple years apart in Buffalo because he would have been drafted, I think, the year Fitz okay. left. Um, and he would have been drafted to Detroit or Arizona. Arizona. Um, but they might have ran into each other across the league. I mean, Fitz is a pretty notable name. It wouldn't shock me to see Logan Thomas be tight end eight or between six and eight again. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be the top five tight end that right. he was last we year. Also, I mean, we saw how well Gasecki did with Fitz, so yeah, if it's similar. Exactly, and I think I think he's going to have a good year again. But I think that there's some other tight ends that are finally bursting up the board, and I think this is going to be a really high tight end year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gary, I think we'll we'll close this one out here. Uh, quarterback wise, Fitz, it's worth the risk, I guess, if you need a. A quarterback two. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to jump on him, but I don't hate it. I'm selling on their running backs for now. I don't need Antonio Gibson, especially not as a number one running back. And someone's going to probably take him as that. And by all means, yeah. go ahead, let him be your number one running back. I don't want him. Uh, J.D. McKissick, worth it as a late round flyer for the receiving notes alone. Jarrett Patterson, someone to watch. Uh, Terry McLaren, lock him in as a wide receiver one. Curtis Samuel, listed as, a, as 38 here. I think you can almost lock him as a flex starter this year. Yeah, I mean, if you also if you have McLaren and and Curtis Samuel, definitely flex him. Yeah, I I but I think McL- I think and you did this a lot last year. You had I think you had um, Samuel down the line, didn't you? I might. I think have. you had him and you had to start him in a couple, and he was outside of one week where I think he had five or six with inconsistent quarterback play in Carolina. He was producing almost yeah eighteen to twenty points a game. I think I was rotating him and IU. Yes. Um, but Diami Brown, watch him develop in camp before we really jump on him, but I like his potential. And Logan Thomas, certified tight end one. Going to be a low buy, I think, too. I think everyone's going to buy on some of these sexier names, and Logan Thomas was just consistent. People still might go and draft Ertz just because of the name. Exactly. You're going to have Frank Letario out here drafting Zach Ertz because he knows his name mm-hmm. instead of Logan Thomas. He's going to go, he was a quarterback. Yeah, he was, but he's a good tight end. Guys, I think that's it. The first time in a little while we've hit the 30-minute mark. Uh, Gary, anything you want to say to close the show out? No. Um, I mean, we're going to keep doing the uh, fantasy outlooks and keep grinding for everybody. What uh, What do you say we move north next week? We go uh, AFC, NFC north next week? A little chilly. A little chilly, but let's move north. <laughs> Guys, until next time, we thank you for listening. And you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. We'll show you exactly where to find them. Have a good one, guys.